0: Everybody. We are so excited today. We are here to talk about the big summer box office. This is gonna be a kind of a wrap-up of what we our predictions uh, for uh, this summer and just talk about the summer as a whole. And I'm Rachel, and my friend Cadrado is here to talk about all this with me.
1: Yep, I'm right ready, ready right to talk. <laughs> yeah,
0: great. Uh, yeah, so have you had a good summer? I I would say so.
1: I would say so. Um, I have to say I haven't seen a lot of the movies in the top ten, but I have seen some good movies this summer, so I can't complain. Oh, good.
0: Cool. Let's start by going over our predictions,
1: and then oh, we'll go over okay. what actually
0: happened. <laughs> All right. Just real quick, just listing them off what our predictions were, and we can mm-hmm. see how poorly. At least I know I did.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. All right. My predictions were, number one, Avengers Infinity War, number two, Incredibles 2, number three, Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom, four, Solo, Uh, five, Deadpool 2, six, Ant-Man and the Wasp, seven, Mission Impossible Fallout, eight, Hotel Transylvania 3, nine, Skyscraper, and ten, Oceans 8. So I really didn't do that bad. (laughs)
1: Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I think I have, we had pretty similar predictions. And I think uh, the recurring theme is we have the right movies just in the sort of the wrong order. Yeah. At least that's what's going on a lot in my predictions, which were number one, The Incredibles 2. Number two, Avengers Infinity Wars. Number three, Solo, Star Wars Story, so you can see a trend of things going worse as they go with my prediction. <laughs> number four, Deadpool 2. Number five, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Number six, Mission Impossible, Fallout. Number seven, Endman and the Wasp. Number eight, Ocean's 8. Number nine, Hotel Transylvania 3. And number 10, Disney's Christopher
0: Robinson yeah there you go uh yeah so i actually saw all of the movies on my list except for deadpool 2 and uh-huh. on the actual top 10 list i saw all of them but uh but deadpool 2 <laughs> so okay yeah. uh so i had you know i had a pretty pretty busy uh busy summer uh at the the box office uh and uh, but i still got to see some fun indies and so we'll talk about too and some that uh the dark horses and other stuff that uh we we're recording this on the 26th of august and uh particularly uh it is possible that the meg could sneak in there into the number 10 slot but it's also popular it's it's also possible that crazy rich Asians could definitely uh, have legs. And it's already, it only uh, reduced in its second week, only reduced by like 0.5% or something
1: crazy. 5%, yeah.
0: Which is nuts and never happens. It's always like 40 to 50% is like considered pretty good. And mm-hmm. so it's doing really, really well, which makes me super happy yeah. because I really um, like- Yeah.
1: I don't think the crazy rich Asians... I would say crazy rich Asians doesn't just have a chance of getting into the top 10. I think it definitely is. And I think, uh, right now I think it's well on its way to make like $170 million or so, Mm -hmm. which would put it, you know, just behind mission impossible right now, which would be number seven or eight on the chart, which is really good for, a, you know, like an old-fashioned romantic comedy of the kind that we hadn't seen in a long time yeah at least from hollywood so i'm excited about that
0: yeah they are they've got to be super excited 30 million dollar budget uh -hmm. it's uh i don't think we've had this kind of romantic comedy hit since i don't know i can't think of anything since like greek wedding Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that even was an independent production, so... Right, right, that's true. Um, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and... Well, I mean, it, guess they're... Oh, sorry. sorry. I was just gonna say, I mean, of course, it, people are, are rightfully very excited about uh, the diversity of the cast, but I'm most... And, and that's amazing, but I'm just so excited because I love romantic comedies, and I'm just very excited that not only did we get one that's good, uh, but you know that it's that it is diverse and that's doing so well and and uh i'm just hoping that uh we we get a whole bunch of new fun romantic comedies because i really enjoy them
1: yeah i think those are both things that i want more diverse movies and more romantic comedies give me both i'm very happy about that um, I guess our disclaimer is we're going to go through the top 10 as it stands right now, right? Yeah. Just with the understanding that there a couple of movies like Crazy Rich Asians are probably going to end up in the top 10 at the end of right. uh, the summer. Right. Well, I mean, at the end of the year, really, when all is said and done, but...
0: Right, because currently, as it sits on the 26th, the Crazy Rich Asians is in 14th place, but we know that that will not... Last for mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, and in in any case, neither of us really thought that Crazy Rich Asians could uh, was going to end up in the top yeah. ten.
0: So you did neither of us. It. It. You mentioned it. I as did mention horse. it as a possibility. Yeah, because
1: yeah. I I had the impression that it could you know gather a lot of uh, interest because of uh, you know because of what we talked about because of diverse casting mm-hmm. the you know the fact that we haven't seen a lot of big Hollywood movies with Asian casts. And also the romantic comedy thing, yeah. Um, and I'm glad to see that it did well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really happy. Like I said, both uh, that it did well, both critically and and you know, financially. So yay! <laughs> uh, so all right. Well, let's talk about. Let's go through the actual current top ten. Uh, we have at 10th place at the moment, we have uh Mama Mia. Mama Mia here we go again. I really debated uh-huh. about this, putting it in my list, but I went for skyscraper instead. <laughs> the second time The Rock has let me down on my top <laughs> 10 predictions. Uh, but,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mama Mia, here we go again. Uh, it had a a uh, total us gross of hundred fifteen uh, total worldwide gross of three forty five million dollars i I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was effervescent and fun and you know, just fun escapist entertainment. I thought the singing was much better than in the original. and I don't know, I just I, there was the if people were expecting a lot of Meryl Streep, I would be disappointed. Uh, and well, the advertising was definitely pretty pretty shady on that. But, uh, but I don't know. I thought it was sweet and just a fun little movie.
1: Well, the first Mamma Mia was a really big hit. And I also yeah. thought about putting it in my top ten. And they ultimately decided against it. And even though it's number ten right now, I think we can – we get a pretty – good sense that it's not going to remain in the top 10 by the end of the summer I think Mm -hmm. at least one or two movies are going to push it out of it but um, you know it was a pretty big hit on its own 115 million uh, in the US is nothing to sneeze at and um, I mean it's I think a better movie than the original Malamia but at the same time I don't think it's a particularly good one still And the thing about the original is that it's kind of so strange and bizarre that it's more, I find it more fascinating and entertaining in a way, just because it's so sort of bonkers. And this new Mamma Mia, it's a little better, but that also makes it a little more boring to me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
0: I can see that. I I just purely like the musical sequences and just how, just the sort of effervescent fun (laughs) tone. Uh, I, they were I pretty the well singing, done. I thought the singing was much better, personally. That yeah, yeah. That's a that I can't argue with that. That <laughs> is for sure. Uh, and I did like the way that they never, um, know, for lack of a better word, slut shamed the Lily James character. Like they just presented her choices, and that was it. And kind of like that. Yeah. And I liked all three of the guys i thought they were pretty good for like pretty convincing (laughs) uh you know younger versions of our three characters and Mm. i mean it's a silly movie the plot is terrible there's like tons of plot holes it's not like a great movie but i was entertained it was escapism for me
1: i think that's what they were going for so you know good and (laughs) then Yeah, there you go. For achieving uh, their goal.
0: Yeah. So, okay. all right. Well, next on our list is uh, at number nine is Ocean's Eight, and so we both had this on our list. I had it a ten, and uh, you had it higher, I think, right? Yeah, I
1: had it a number eight.
0: Yeah. So it ended up at number nine, and. So yeah, it made $138 million, uh, $70 million budget, and a total worldwide $289 million. And honestly, I was disappointed in it. I, I thought once the heist got going, I thought it got to be entertaining. But honestly, for like the first 45 minutes, I was pretty bored. I had a lot of what I hate in action movies is characters staring at screens. I think that's so boring mm. and it had a lot of characters staring at screens talking about their plan and it was wasn't interesting to me and I thought a lot of the actresses were actually kind of underused and like especially Kate Blanchett and I don't know I it, it won me over by the end so I gave it a marginal recommendation because I did think the actual the actual heist was fun but mm. I I don't know I was kind of bored for a lot of it. So was it just, um, that was really exciting yeah. I, uh,
1: I think that is like the more popular opinion about this movie I get the sense that most people were a little disappointed by it uh, I am not one of those people I mean I am I guess relative to my expectations I was really excited about the movie and it is not you know the greatest movie I've ever seen which is what I wanted it to be but I thought it was pretty good. I think it was really entertaining. I will agree with you on a number of points, though. I will agree that the second half of the movie is more entertaining and better than the first half. Even though I do really like the beginning of the movie when Sandra Bullock gets out of prison and she starts running the little, you know, those little cons at the um, at Macy's, basically mm-hmm. getting the makeup and that sort of thing, getting a hotel room. I thought that was a pretty cool. Uh, part of the movie yeah, but then it kind of slacks a little bit and then it recovers when it would come to the actual height like you said and I do agree as well that some of the supporting characters were underused um, but then again it was a movie full of great actresses and it took place at the Met ball with all these amazing gowns and Rihanna looked amazing and Sandra Bullock was so good and you know the supporting cast was also mostly really good I had a great time with the movie. Um, even though I recognize that it has flaws, it really, I just went with it and I had a uh-huh. good time. Cool,
0: good. I'm glad, uh, yeah, I give it a margin. I give it basically like a C plus, like, it's a just barely a recommendation because I think there was enough there to recommend it because of the ending, but it was, mm. I was hoping I would love it. But anyway. Yeah,
1: All yeah right. it would be more of a, like a B would be my grade for the
0: movie. Uh, that's fair. Okay, so next... We have uh, Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation, that came in at number 8.
1: $158 million, i you're not
0: uh,
1: wrong on, in the U.S. And the overseas uh, call that I have is $301 million. Um, I don't know if those are the numbers that you're working with for the International, but um, pretty big hit. And the yeah. movies movies keep keep making good some good amount of money. I think this is the most successful one of the three, right?
0: Um, I, I I'm not sure if it if it actually ended up crossing the the second one. Uh, but I know it made more than the first. So I'm sure of that.
1: mhm mm-hmm.
0: And the second one I have here made 169.
1: So it hasn't caught up to the second one, but maybe it'll catch up to it. It's definitely a big hit, and I think it's you know, the difference between the two is not so big, so they're performing pretty steadily, which I, I'm sure their studio, Sony animation is pretty spiked about that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, because I wondered if it was going to hurt it at all, you know, being moving, because they've done so well in uh, the um uh for themselves in the uh, fall, in September. Uh, and sometimes mm. that doesn't really work out that well, you know, kind of moving, but it worked out well, and and I have to say, I I enjoyed it. I actually ended up seeing it twice. <laughs> um, I thought sure. that it was, it's probably my favorite of the three. It's like, I'm not going to remember it come Oscar season. It's not some great movie, but I thought it had enough laughs for me. I think that Gendy is able to, with just the way he, he animates things, he just, I don't know, it was charming and it was pretty and, Uh, There were some pretty scenes of, like, the boat and underwater. And I kind of liked the animation style. The the villain was completely unnecessary. Like, you literally, you did not need his character Mm -hmm. for the story at all. And uh, and so that was frustrating. But uh, I don't know. Overall, I just thought it was kind of a fun little movie. And uh, Mm -hmm. I thought they used the ensemble better than the second one. Uh, and I love Fran Drescher, so that made me happy. You mm. got more Eunice, uh, so overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was entertaining. So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't get around to it, but I did rewatch. I was intending to watch the third one, and I did watch the first and second Hotel Transylvania this summer, on um, you know on DVD basically, and. Um, I had only seen the first one when it came out in theaters and I really thought it was really bad fact when it came out. Uh-huh. But watching it for a second time and then watching the second one, I could see more of, you know, the sort of Genndy Tartakovsky animation style and how he's using sort of character movements, uh-huh. which I think is really the strength of the movies. They do a lot of like interesting animation in the way the characters move and their faces change and all that sort of thing i think that was really cool that is what i wouldn't call either of the two transylvania movies that i saw great but i think there's a lot of really cool stuff in them for people who are interested in animation and everything that i've heard including from you is that third one is the best of the three so i'm really curious to see see it because i think and people what they've been saying is that it has a lot it's the one that has the most personality coming from, you know, Tartakovsky in yeah. the animation. So I'm excited to see that.
0: Cuz the first one it's a miracle it's watchable with what happened in production. Uh it just mm-hmm. I mean he, he he just salvaged it. Uh it, it, so it's kind of amazing uh that it's watchable uh but um yeah and the second one i just i thought that it moved away from our ensemble a little too much and i didn't like what they decided to do with the ending i thought it was kind of a cop-out um mm. but uh this third one i thought it was a fun little comedy for kids <laughs> yeah. so, and, and then really I, funny jokes yeah
1: i'm happy I'm happy to see that the movies are doing well because I really would love them to give Gendi Tartakovsky some money to do like an original movie that he really wants to do that he really gets to flesh out you know all of his ideas and all the talent that he has because we know that he's an incredibly talented animator and you know for those who don't know which is probably not so many people who listen to this podcast if they are you know they follow your blog they're probably animation fans but he is the creator of Dexter's Laboratory and Samurai Jack, which yeah. were two cartoons on Cartoon Network, which I thought were amazing. And, you know, I would really love to see him do something on the big screen that he really feels passionate about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's talks, I guess, of him doing an R-rated film for Sony, so that would be interesting to see what
1: he'd come Very up with. Very cool. Yeah. And he was also supposed to do a Popeye movie, right? Yeah. Which um, you can find some of the test footage on YouTube, and it looks... It looks pretty crazy. I don't know if you ever get to make it, but I'd be interested in seeing it.
0: Yeah, and people say, oh, it got shelved for the Emoji movie, but that's not true. That's being too hard on Sony. (laughs) Anyway, um, okay, so next, number seven on our countdown was Mission Impossible Fallout. And uh, yeah, so this movie was super fun. I mean, it it uh, it's got incredible action set pieces, uh, mm-hmm. and that just blow your mind, and it just never stops going, and everybody is up for it, and I enjoyed it. Thought it was I thought it was good. I didn't think it was like one of the best action movies of these like ever made. Like some people have said, but it was really yeah. good. I liked it.
1: Um, this was definitely one of my favorite movies that I saw this summer and one of the ones that I had the most fun while watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will agree with you, though. I mean, the action sequences are absolutely incredible, and they have been for the last couple movies. Um, uh, the last couple of Mission Impossible movies is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this movie is really good and really fun. I do think that there is a little bit too much plot in it. I think there's like a little bit too much talking, a little bit too many twists and turns, which are fine and it's cool and everything. But, you know, the real reason we come to see the Mission Impossible movies at this point is to see Tom Cruise do some incredible stuff that is going to like barely keep him alive. And yeah. um, I think this movie delivers on that front a lot of the time, but then there's a lot of other stuff that um, maybe didn't have to be quiet as long as it is. But overall, I really, really enjoyed it, and I'm a big fan of the Mission Impossible movies, and I think this is one of the best ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely liked it better than the last one, Uh, but I still think I like Ghost Protocol a little bit better, personally. I just think it had a little more heart to it. I would agree Um, with that. And I guess, like, when you say it had too much plot, I guess, like, I would always put something personally, like, Edge of Tomorrow over something like this, because I think as far as action films, I think the story is so much more interesting and clever and, uh, and it still has really good action. And so yeah. that to me would be better, but like, we're talking in degrees cause they're both good movies. So yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. I, it's not, yeah. the, it's not like my favorite style of movie. Uh, you know, just it's a little bit exhausting for me, but it was really good. They exceeded, they completely achieved what they were going after to do. So that's all you can ask from a movie, really. <laughs> right. You know, it's kind of like with Crazy Rich Asians. Like They completely succeeded in what they were trying to do. So there you go. <laughs>
1: hmm.
0: um, so, all right. Next we have, oh, did I say the amounts? I didn't say the amounts. Hold on. So, Mission Impossible: Fallout has made 193 million in the U.S. and uh, had a huge budget, 178. Woo! And uh, but uh, and then uh, combined worldwide, 538 million dollars. So, it's doing okay. (laughs) But yeah, Mm -hmm. that was a really big budget for that movie. Then next we had. Uh, ant-man and the wasp at number six and this uh of course is our sequel to uh, the first ant-man and it made 211 million dollars and a total worldwide at 544 million dollars we don't know a production budget on here uh it's it's being perceived as somewhat of a, a seems like somewhat of a disappointment even though it did very well uh it seems like to me that's sort of the perception i don't know if it's just because people are comparing it to black panther and to infinity war um but i don't think anybody but it made more
1: made more than the first anthem right
0: i think so yeah but i don't think anybody at marvel was expecting it to bring in black panther numbers
1: yeah no that would be insane Right. <laughs> Black Panther is like one of the highest grossing movies of all time. I don't think people were gonna, you know, go out for Ant-Man the way they did for Black Panther. There would have been a little unrealistic expectation.
0: Yeah. So I, I think they're probably happy with it. I don't know if we'll get another Ant-Man movie. We'll see. Maybe. Um, but overall, I thought this movie was perfectly pleasant and enjoyable. I I had a good time watching it. Uh, I love Paul Rudd I've had a crush on him since high school and I thought that Evangeline Lilly was actually much better in this than in the first one At first they got rid of that horrible wig and I thought she was just more like natural and wasn't as stiff and I I thought that the, the ghost was actually a pretty decent villain I Thought she was pretty well done so overall I enjoyed it I didn't think it was as funny as the first one uh, I missed, yeah. I wanted more scenes with those guys because I think they're so Michael funny. Michael yeah, Yeah, the, the whole troupe, I thought, were mm-hmm. so funny in the first one and I would have liked more of them in this. Uh, but overall, I thought it was fine.
1: Um, yeah, I watched this movie. It was fun, I think. I have forgotten a lot about it. Take that <laughs> as you will. Um, my only note about the movie is not enough Michelle Pfeiffer. I would have liked a little bit more Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, that's fine. But then again, I would like more Michelle Pfeiffer in almost every movie.
0: Yeah. Then next we have Solo, A Star Wars Story, A Crushing Failure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One of the
1: big stories of the summer, huh? The failure of the movie that only made, I don't know, a billion (laughs) dollars. No, three hundred and ninety-two worldwide, which is, you know, it's pretty bad for a Star Wars movie. For a Star
0: Wars movie, that's the thing. Uh, Yeah, so it... uh, it made 213 million domestic 179 uh mm-hmm. foreign 392 total and the first time i saw this movie i was like oh that was really entertaining because i was uh there i was mixed to negative on last jedi especially the more it sat with me the more i was like oh um but there were things that i liked but, so, this was like, "Oh, this is the sort of pulpy space adventure that I was hoping to get from these Disney Star Wars movies, but I hadn't really gotten um, but I hated l three with a passion. I thought she was horrible, and i I thought that it should have ended when they finished the Kessel run, but then went on another thirty minutes, and that was a big mistake. Um, but overall, I Still thought it was entertaining. It's certainly not the worst Star Wars movie, that's for sure, in my opinion. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I thought it was okay. So here's an interesting thing. This is the
1: first Star Wars movie released since I've been born that I haven't seen in the theater. And okay. it's also the one that's considered the biggest disappointment of the Black office. Yeah. So... I don't know. Maybe the, <laughs> you know, the Conrado Falco dollar is the one that keeps giving the Star Wars franchise afloat. Yeah. That's just saying.
0: <laughs> like what you did, you're ruining Star Wars. Uh, I wish I had that power. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, frankly, I felt kind of bad for Ron Howard because I think uh, he did everything that he could. Uh, he had a very hard task in front of him and I don't think it's his fault and I but I never for a second felt like I was actually watching Han Solo not even for a minute Mm. (laughs) but just if if I was watching like the space cowboy guy like random you know Mm -hmm. adventure then sure it was fine it was perfectly harmless except for I hated L3 so much um Mm.
1: Well, it, it seems that it was just a bad idea. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. just in terms of box office and popularity, having a Han Solo movie, probably a bad idea. Having so many Star Wars movies come out so close Lost to each to other, that, yeah. probably a bad idea. You know, um. Mm-hmm. so maybe we can go back to the time when we had a Star Wars movie every couple of years. Maybe go back to the time when we had a Star Wars movie not come out at all. Maybe that's too much to ask, but... <laughs> you
0: know yeah we'll see we'll see what jj can do i do not envy him at all his job he has a very difficult task to put (laughs) ahead of him uh for this next one uh but we'll see he can be a miracle worker we will see. make people happy and whatever um but anyway so there you go that was solo it's the movie everybody's already forgotten like even if you didn't like the prequels like I feel like they were at least sort of memorable, but, like, nobody is talking... Like, can you even imagine that, like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a Star Wars movie has come out and nobody is talking about it and it was just in May. Like, what? Crazy.
1: It is kind of crazy. Well, I think that, you know, to go again to the thing of too many movies too close to each other because the Star Wars movie is part of what makes them so... You know people want to talk about them i think is that they are seen as sort of an event and that was yeah. definitely the case with the prequels and then we had all that time between prequels and these new movies in which people that was all they could talk about and we know that people love to obsess yeah. about star wars so but when you get a new movie every year then at some point you're gonna you know
0: yeah it stops like, being
1: so special i guess yeah
0: honestly i think people are talking more about the clone wars tv show being (laughs) rebooted than about solo i genuinely think that's true which is crazy but anyway let's move on so then at number four we had deadpool 2 this movie uh made uh 318 million dollars uh in the united states and $415 $415 million domestic, I mean, worldwide. And, uh, yeah, so $733 million worldwide. <laughs> uh, $110 million budget. So they did well. I didn't see mm-hmm. it, so I don't really have a lot to say. Uh, I haven't it. seen it either. So. Um,
1: but it seems to have done pretty well. Um, not as well as the first Deadpool, right? Which was, a, from my what I remember, it was a huge hit yeah so it made a little less than the original deadpool which made 363 this new one's made 318 um which is you know a small dip um but you know considering the big deadpool came sort of out of nowhere and became this huge hit um probably a little bit of a disappointment i don't know yeah
0: yeah it could be i mean it's it it made uh, i guess the original made 783 million dollars worldwide Uh, as opposed Mm -hmm. to 700 compared
1: to only 400 it's it's a big difference
0: i guess oh no No, world worldwide it made so it's 700 the deadpool 2 made 733 deadpool 1 made 783 so it's just a little different oh no so they're probably pretty happy about it yeah i'm sure they're very happy about it um so yeah there you go uh next we have at number three jurassic world fallen Kingdom. Whoa! Uh, so this movie uh, made four hundred and thirteen million dollars domestic, eight hundred eighty-two million foreign, one billion two hundred ninety-five oh, million. Jesus! <laughs> so yeah, it's wow! A- I had no idea that was the case. Yeah. Yeah, it did very, very well. People love dinosaurs. It's just a fact.
1: Wow. I mean, (laughs) I think the average person must love dinosaurs more than I do, and I love dinosaurs, because I didn't go to see this movie, but (laughs) I mean, it it looks like a lot of people did.
0: So, this movie, it has lots of problems, but I really dislike Jurassic World, and I felt like It was a little bit better, actually, than Jurassic World. I just felt like it at least had a director that had some flair and some style and made some interesting choices, which made it more pleasant to watch. There's some scenes that have sort of a horror vibe that gets a little creepy and fun and That I enjoyed, and I thought the initial opening sequence on the island was kind of fun. It's completely spoiled in the trailer. The trailers for this were absolutely horrible. And I thought that they did a little better with Claire's character and making her more interesting than just some, like, ice queen of business like she was in the original. Um, But it's not a good movie, and the next one is going to be horrible but like the 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 uh the lead-ins or whatever the for the next one it's gonna be really bad uh oh. and i don't know if that will be the uh and it's gonna be directed by Colin trevorrow i don't know if that will be the you know maybe the The thing that finally doesn't work with dinosaurs because evidently the only dinosaurs that people don't like is the good dinosaur from pixar (laughs) (laughs) which i liked um but uh but yeah they it's gonna be really really terrible so i I, I interesting
1: that's intriguing yeah
0: yeah. i i mean i don't want to give spoilers uh in case you do have to see it but it's they they went away a certain way with a plot that, oh, I don't know, wasn't a fan of. But I still think it was a little bit better. I walked out of it being at least a little entertained. <laughs> like, again, it's sort of another, like, C. I'd give it, like, C+. plus sure. Or C. <laughs> I know a lot of other people were like, it's the worst thing to ever exist. But I think for some reason, I... It, Uh, it seems like people on youtube that liked the first one like jurassic world really didn't like this um Hmm. and since i didn't like the first one maybe that's my difference i don't know anyway it is what it is it's kind of a hot mess but i thought it at least had a director who was trying so there you go so (laughs) so um next we have incredibles 2 and this was our long-awaited sequel uh, it made 597 million dollars domestic, uh, and a worldwide total of 1.14 uh, billion dollars. So for Pixar, and I think it's deserved. I really enjoyed it. To me, it had it was a very well executed superhero movie with. I said uh, they felt like it was a, sort of a treatise on how hard it is to be a parent. And I really liked the fact that they didn't make Bob just, like, the stupid man, you know, stupid Mr. Mom kind of a thing. Like, he's, he figures everything out. You know, he figures out new math. He figures out how to help Violet. Like, he's not an idiot, and but he's just tired, and it's hard. And and I think a lot of parents would really be able to relate to that. And I thought it was funny, and I liked pretty much all of the characters. The villain is eh, but I was okay with that, I guess, in the end. Everything else was so well executed. The action was really well done. I really liked the animation. So I was really entertained. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, the action in this
1: movie It's really great Yeah. Um, I have some problems with the movie But I will say the things that I really love about it Are the way in which Brad Bird Who I think is the best director to have worked with Pixar ever And his movies are for the most part My favorite of the Pixar movies I think he has an ability to sort of uh, you push the animation and, you know, just, especially in this movie, not be afraid of going on this sort of tangents and in like, things that are beautiful, just the movement on the characters. I think of the scene with Jack-Jack and the raccoon, for example, which is kind of a, you know, it's not essential to the plot, but it's just something that is so fun and so well done, and it shows all these great, use of superpowers, which is another thing that I love about the movie is how it really understands how to use the superpowers to the to make the action sequences so great. Because you think of so many superhero movies, one that we're gonna be talking about really soon, for example, in which the heroes have these amazing powers but all they do is just punch each other like they're human. But they have these amazing powers and they don't use them. In this movie, the heroes use their powers and I think that is Great mm-hmm. yeah,
0: and they were really inventive, I thought I, I really liked void she she was fun, and I liked that whole sequence uh when her and Alaska were working together and creating right. the, the black holes or whatever the voids
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, really
0: I loved the whole scene with Edna it was hilarious i <laughs> and it, the whole thing is mm-hmm. uh parenting when done well is a heroic act, and I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of the theme of the whole theme of the movie and, and uh yeah really enjoyed it uh it had yeah. some controversy because it actually had some swear words which had never happened in uh oh, right. Right, right 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 our movie i didn't even notice to be completely honest uh because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i don't know i just didn't and I mean, it's uh, not
1: I it's, it's not like they dropped one of the like you know most <laughs> Offensive swear words. It was like, you know, a pretty yeah. tough one, but still.
0: Yeah. Like, I could imagine it being kind of similar to when I was a little girl and would watch Sleeping Beauty and uh-huh. Wolf says something like, bring down all the powers of hell, or something of that effect. And I used to think that was like so scandalous. <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> <So> Like, wow. <laughs> She's super <laughs> evil. Um <laughs> so probably have that maybe have that kind of <laughs> kind of effect. Um and it did have some uh strobe light concerns by some people.
1: Yeah. A pretty cool sequence, but I I do think that was the thing that I was surprised that it was just there without any sort of warning or anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh so you know it's a, it's an interesting It's interesting thing uh but i think uh where would you rank it as far as the as the pixar sequels
1: sequels um i think outside of the toy story movies is probably the best one for me Uh
0: uh-huh um yeah yeah. it's, it's tough i i don't know yeah it's really hard i you're probably right empirically i kind of i appreciate monsters university a lot more than other people do because i think mm-hmm. that it was really bold of them to have a narrative where the character does not achieve their dreams <laughs> that was like really interesting for a kids movie and so mm-hmm. i think it's a little underrated but just county brass tacks it's probably the best outside of the twister movies but anyway mm-hmm. so all right now we've got the big kahuna. oh but just one more thing incredible oh, yeah. 2 with uh
1: 597 million is now the highest-grossing of all the Pixar's movies yeah. right it's number I one. So,
0: yeah 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 which is amazing okay. so there you go look at that uh so then we have the big kahuna himself avengers infinity war this mm-hmm. thing made 678 million dollars domestic Total $2.45 billion at the box office. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, so, uh, this is proving more is best at the box office. And overall, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I enjoyed a lot of the sequences. I thought the Thanos was pretty intimidating, pretty scary uh he was i liked the fact that they made sort of the henchmen really tough to defeat it wasn't like in ultron where you know they're just sort of mindless uh you know like robots uh, easy for them to defeat like these these henchmen were were tough and so that kind of made it interesting and i liked that and i really liked the little like pairings that we got i loved uh Seeing Tony and Doctor Strange together, that was really fun. I really liked uh, Star Lord and Thor together. That was really fun. uh And of course, in this kind of thing, there are going to be people that you wish you'd see more of. But overall, I was entertained. I did not like the ending. I thought it was super manipulative and lame. <laughs> and, and I was not a fan. I don't like when I feel like the directors of films think I'm stupid because. I'm not stupid. I know that Spider-Man isn't going anywhere. Like, don't try to get me to cry over a scene where I'm supposed to feel like Spider-Man is dead, in quotation marks. Yeah, right. Like, I think if they had had some of the older characters die, and it had been like the younger characters who were going to have to kind of take, Mm -hmm. that would have made way more sense. And it would have at least felt like semi-plausible to me.
1: But kind you know, that's what's yeah. going to happen in the next movie. So they can't spoil it now.
0: Yeah. It was just like, I don't know. It just, I, if, it kind of reminded me, I think it's a much better movie than Batman v Superman. But like, it was the same sort of frustration I felt with the ending of that movie, where I'm like, I know that Superman is going to be in Justice League. I'm not an idiot. And so like, you're expecting me to feel all this emotion of the death of Superman, when I'm not an idiot. Like, it, that irritates me. I feel manipulated. And uh, I've kind of felt that way here, and I didn't like it. Uh, but everything else, up until then, I really liked. So, I thought it was good. Hmm. Um.
1: My review of this movie is, who cares? I'm just tired of this superhero Marvel stuff. I think this is really, this movie was so bloated, and it felt so not like a movie to me. It just felt like a I don't know, it was like watching a presentation for a toy line or something. I just felt exhausted and it was so, it went on and on and the ending was like so clearly not, you know, it was clearly going to be redone in the next movie. I just, at the end, I felt like, I don't know, I just felt like why am I spending my time watching this movie? I could do other things. So I think outside of the ones that I'm really interested in, which obviously I went to see Ant-Man because I think the first one was funny and I thought the second one was. And then I'll probably go and see the Black Panther sequel. But other than that, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching these Marvel movies, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think this is somehow the straw that broke the camel's back for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I can can understand that. (laughs) I mean, I've been surprised that you've continued to see them as long as you have. To be I, I am as well
1: you know a lot of the time it's because my friends want to go see them and i sure. you know want to hang out with my friends and so i go along but i think uh yeah if i think starting now if it's not for that i probably not just not gonna bother
0: you're not at all curious kind of kinda how they finish it off in, in this i mean
1: sequel. i'm i will I will learn about it regardless if everyone's going to be talking about yeah, that's it. So I, that's what I sort of thought. It's like, I really don't need to go to see the movie to know what happens. Right. Yeah. Everyone's going to tell me anyway. And I really don't enjoy watching the movie that much. So I think it's a pretty good deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, overall, I'd give it like a, for me, I'd give it like a B. Uh, and I know most people are like, it's the greatest you know, Marvel movie ever. People you know, were into I'd, it, right? Oh, yeah, most people I know love it. And I thought one of my friends did make, I think, a pretty good point about the ending, that, like, from his perspective, it's not that it's sad that they're dead. It's sad that they, like, to have superheroes lose and mm. lose so dramatically, which I thought was kind of an interesting take, and I appreciated, you know, I appreciated that, that kind of take on it. That's
1: an interesting point. I did like that a little bit, the yeah. idea of, like, you know, having the ears lose at the end of the movie. was I think that was kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah, agreed. Before we did our predictions back in probably April, um, we had a discussion on whether or not we should include Avengers Infinity War as a summer movie because it got pushed from May to the last week of April. And traditionally, the summer movie season starts in May, even though May is not really summer. But, you know, whatever. That Traditionally, it goes from May to the end of August. Um, but now we're seeing all these movies who are sort of like big, big blockbusters. You know, Black Panther's biggest movie of the year, released yeah. in February. We've seen movies being released in April and March for a while now. And I think I am not okay with that. I think the summer should remain officially from May to August. So what I want to say on this podcast today is that starting next year, we should only consider movies that open between May and August. (laughs) And you know, if we have a similar situation to Avengers Infinity War next year, I vote for not including it in our prediction. Uh, I don't know how you feel about
0: that. I'm okay with that. I do actually like the fact that we're getting these films all year and that it's not just in the summer, but, I'm okay with that for the course source of our predictions. Uh Box Office Mojo actually doesn't include didn't include uh Infinity War in their summer. Uh, ranking so it's interesting uh, to, see, uh, yeah. to see that so yeah, yeah. Uh, I just and,
1: think it's a, it's, like, oh, it's like opening a can of worms because when is it going to end you know first right. it's the last week of April and then it's the second to last week of April and then we're in March and then we're in January you know
0: like it's, yeah. we have to draw the line somewhere it's like Hallmark how I feel with, about it. like Hallmark with Christmas movies you know <laughs> it's just like they're, having, like, say, they're yeah. having Christmas in April they're having Christmas in August like <laughs> <laughs> all year long we just have summer all year long mm-hmm. uh yeah so that sounds good we can do that so real quick the uh the international box office uh was right. pretty fun uh we had uh number 10 was hotel transylvania 3 number 9 is skyscraper okay. uh Number oh
1: bid well internationally yeah which is the rock is the big biggest story. star overseas huh
0: yeah, and I actually thought it was fine. I don't understand the. I thought it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Like, it's not like a greatest movie I've ever seen, but I had a pretty cool scene, uh, a fight scene in this like whole room with mirrors that I thought was pretty fun. And I and I liked the fact that Nev Campbell's character, she was just like strong, but she wasn't like a cliched warrior woman. But she wasn't like a damsel in distress. I thought she was actually a pretty good character. For this kind of character and it was silly and over the top but i thought it was pretty entertaining i enjoyed it i, lo- I didn't mind watching really? it so anyway i didn't get to see it yeah um number eight is called us and them this is china release mm. yeah. <laughs> um and then and it made 212 million dollars uh <laughs> in china um okay That's and then
1: yes do you know what it's then, a, what it is about
0: um i don't
1: here's uh, what i have for a synopsis it says two strangers meet in a train and form a bond that evolves over the years after a separation they reconnect and reflect on their love for each other so a romantic movie i'm, yeah. I'm guessing that sounds good interesting to see you know i'm sort of like a
0: i don't hear any like
1: explosions or <laughs> robots or superheroes so interesting
0: it looks like it's gonna to come to Netflix in the US. All right. Look at that. Okay. So let's keep an eye out for oh, it.
1: And out. Uh
0: then. then at number seven we have Ant Man and the Wasp. And right. then uh we have a movie called Hello Mr. Billionaire in China.
1: Oh, hello, Mr. Billionaire.
0: <laughs> this is a comedy. <laughs> um also Chinese movie, huh? Yeah. And it says, a pathetic minor league soccer goalkeeper was given a task to spend $1 billion in 30 days. If successful, he will get $30 billion. However, he's not allowed to tell anyone about the task, and he must not own any valuables by the end of it. So, there
1: hmm. you go. That sounds like a bit of a familiar premise. Isn't there... I feel like I heard something like this before. I don't know if it was a movie or some a play or something. Maybe. But I've maybe. heard this story about giving someone money and then they have to spend it.
0: Oh, it looks like it's I based on a movie it. called The Brewster's Million.
1: Oh, Brewster's Millions, right, that's what it is.
0: Have you heard of that?
1: Yeah, of course. That's with I think that's with Richard Pryor.
0: Yeah. From nineteen eighty five. Oh.
1: Richard Pryor and John Candy. Yeah. That makes sense. That sounds familiar to me. So there you go. Chinese remake.
0: (laughs) So hello, Mr. Billionaire. Doing really well. International box office. Then we have a number five, Deadpool Uh 2. And then a movie called number four. We have Dying to Survive. This was the top at China. This is called a society. <laughs> this is a story on how a small drugstore owner became the exclusive selling agent of a cheap Indian generic drug against chronic granulocytic leukemia in China.
1: Wow, wow, so it seems like it's a bit of a like a Dallas virus club, huh? Yeah, so yeah. In the Chinese market. Yeah. Interesting. These Chinese movies they yeah, wouldn't have expected these sort of like they seem like this comedy dramas that are making
0: lots of stank yeah look at that the, the imdb says this is one of the best chinese movies in history so oh wow there you go all right who said so, that is the IMDb? <laughs> it's just the imdb reviewer i don't know <laughs> uh evan <Evan9103>. 9103 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're okay, lucky you well, live in new york you might actually get to, you could possibly see some of these if you wanted
1: yeah. Um, well we all know that Evan 9103 is one of the most respected <laughs> film critics out there so yeah. gotta take his word for it <laughs> uh,
0: then uh, Incredibles 2 is third place Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is second place it did super mm-hmm. well in China and, uh, and overseas and, uh, mm-hmm. and then Avengers Infinity War number one so, Not there you go. So, that is a, uh, that is the International Box Office, so uh, it's fun to see some of these different areas coming out with their own films, and I feel like, it seems like, uh, I mean, last year I did better about seeing some of these films, and I enjoyed all the ones I actually saw, so. Mm-hmm. The big yeah. flying hits. I mean, I love Bahubali, Uh, than that was last year but that was Indian and that was so good Mm -hmm. it's great anyway okay so let's talk real quick about some indies that we want to recommend from the summer Mm -hmm. that you might not have seen and I have a couple uh Mm -hmm. there's a great I have some documentaries real quick that I loved one that just came out on Hulu uh that I saw at Sundance uh but it just came out in in August called Minding the Gap is great. Uh it's he managed to like follow his friends this guy for from a, such an early age and just get all of these interviews and and it's really actually a film about domestic violence and how it affects boys which I thought was you don't normally see that as much which was really interesting and how you know what kind of men they become when they're raised in homes where their mothers are abused and Hmm. that was really interesting to me and of course it has you know the skateboarding and uh it's also a movie about friendship it was really good uh another one yeah and that's on
1: hulu huh that's available to watch right now on hulu
0: yeah
1: great
0: yeah it's really good um and then another documentary i loved was three identical strangers i Mm. try everything you can and if you're listening try to not be spoiled (laughs) like I'm normally not a spoiler person but the twist that happened I just was my mouth on the floor I was shocked Mm. and I thought it was just crazy and really entertaining and I don't know really liked it and I really love When You Be My Neighbor I've actually seen it three times (laughs) because it was just so sweet and so made me feel good. good Um, I loved Leave No Trace. that was when I saw it at Sundance, uh, and I saw it twice <laughs> more because I just love the performances wow. and I love the story, and I just think it's so moving, and I love it. And it's my favorite movie of 2018. And
1: wow! I, yeah, I've heard I've heard nothing but good things, but I didn't yeah. catch it in the theater because I wasn't in New York when it was out. Oh, but I definitely want to catch up with it.
0: I I just I just love it pretty much everything about it i just think it's great um and i also loved an anime film called makia when the promised flower blooms this is directed by mario kata and it's really cool we're starting to see out of anime some female directors which is really neat uh and uh, uh and you know it's just new for the genre which makes me happy but this movie was so ambitious <laughs> it's a fantasy story uh about this girl who kind of it's kind of like the elves in um in lord of the rings uh she she's got some immortality but like they can be killed you know they can be murdered um but uh, anyway so her village gets attacked and she runs into the forest And she finds a baby, a human baby, there, and she decides to raise it. So actually, the core of the movie is about this woman becoming a mother, this girl becoming a mother. And so it has this, like, real heart to it. And there's a couple other characters, but it also has, like, all the fantasy stuff that are, you know, like, it has dragons. And it has, I mean, it's, it's very ambitious and beautifully animated, beautiful music, and I really, really liked it, so that's one that i would say seek out if you can um for Machia when the promised flower blooms uh, so and i also oh. one more i loved the guernsey literary and potato peel pie society uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i loved the book and uh, this stars lily james it went straight to netflix which bummed me out because i would have loved to see it in the theaters uh but it has a great cast jessica brown finley matthew good my- Michael heisman uh and he's super dreamy as her romantic lead it's very sweet it's very glenn powell's in it it's just uh i love penelope wilton is in it she's great uh it's a little bit slow for some people but for me i just loved it i thought it was so good and so romantic so that's uh-huh. my recommendations uh for yeah. smaller films
1: what great. about you um, so let me see, what did I see this summer? I really enjoyed Mission Impossible, which we talked about. I also really liked Eighth Grade, which I thought mm-hmm. was really, um, really, you know, truthful and realistic portrayal of what it's like to be in that age and, the you know, the problems of, uh, adolescence. Um, I think my favorite movie of the summer or the one that I think is probably the best movie that I saw this summer is. Uh, Black Mm Plantsman by Spike Lee, um, which has generated a lot of conversation, I think. We had director Boots Riley, who's the director of Sorry to Bother You, which also came out this summer, um, sort of make some critiques about the movie, about how it portrayed police, that maybe it was uh, portraying them in uh, too favorable a light, given what actually happened, because it's based on this true story about this, you know, black police officer who infiltrated the kkk back in the 70s and um so he had a lot to say about it there's a lot of people who have a lot of uh critiques about it and then there's a lot of people who like me really enjoyed and really uh think the movie is really great and i think not only do i think the movie is really great but i also think these conversations about the movie i think are really cool because even when people don't like it or have problems with it i think people are really talking about the movie and not just about, you know, sometimes we talk about movies and we complain about things that aren't really the movie, but I think there's been a lot of conversation about what the choices that the director made are in the movie and what we should put in a movie and what we shouldn't do in a movie and how movies relate to reality and to history and all that sort of conversation that I think are really cool and really uh, exciting to have. And also, I think, that conversation is kind of what the movie's trying to go for so that's why i think it's a great movie but anyway i think it's definitely worth seeing it's like you know spike lee is such a daring director in so many ways and he just goes straight for it he's not a subtle man he just goes for what he wants to say and makes big decisions and sometimes they pay off sometimes they don't i think in this case they do and they yeah. definitely generate a lot of things to talk about so yeah. I definitely recommend it to everyone who's interested in movies in general. Um, yeah,
0: I agree with you. I really enjoyed it. It's number 11 on my ranking for the year, so it's pretty high up. I really thought it was great. I thought it was really well acted. Adam Driver was great in his role, mm-hmm. uh, yep. you know, playing this Jewish man that has to play this part of this hateful redneck. I thought that was actually a really interesting, kind of layer. And uh, I. I thought it was hard for me as a huge Topher Grace fan to see him play Mm -hmm. David Duke. That was like very like hard but it was great and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah so it was I really enjoyed it. Like you definitely I felt like he was kind of self-indulgent at times with the way that he shot it and the way that he Mm -hmm. put it together and some of his music choices and other stuff like that Mm -hmm. but overall and also like I get the ending and why it's important, but it, I do th- I do think certain things about it felt a little self indulgent. But I still mm. really enjoyed it. It's like one of my you know top of the year, so I liked it. Mm. I was not a fan of Sorry to Bother You. <laughs> I don't mm. know. I just felt like that movie like it for the like the first thirty minutes. I was like super entertained. I thought it was really interesting, and then I just felt like they just like threw up every idea that they had and like put it on mm-hmm. screen to the point of exhaustion and I, I just, he was trying to say so many things all in one movie and he, you know, it's like the whole uh, Chanel number five. I mean, the whole uh, Coco Chanel advice of, uh, of take mm,
1: where you leave the take house, the take jewelry. one thing off.
0: <laughs> I think he should have done that. Like he was just trying to comment on so many things and have this, this crazy, you know, horse thing. And I don't know, it was just too much for me. Uh, and I didn't end up um, it, but... Yeah, I think yeah.
1: both movies,
0: uh, Sorry to Bother You and Black Clansman, definitely
1: sort of very creative and very original and very sort of going for broke in what they want to do and making bold choices, which I think mm-hmm. some of them work better than others. But I think in general, I find it very exciting that we have these movies that are making these, you know, big decisions uh, in the way they're being made And speaking of that, I have one other recommendation for a really small independent movie, which um, I know it was playing here in New York, and I think it must have been in LA. I don't know if it's going to play theaters uh, across the country because it's really tiny, but you're probably going to be able to see it on VOD or something soon. And that's called Madeline's Madeline, which was at Mm -hmm. Sundance. And it's this movie about this um, girl who uh, has, problems you know she's a teenager and she has uh I guess it's not totally clear what her deal is but she seems to be struggling with sort of like some kind of depression or like mental issues and she joins a theater troupe in order to sort of work these things out and then it's sort of the story goes from there and transforms in this really weird way about performance and how her personal life is playing into the sort of play that these is performing and it's a really interesting story told in a very interesting way it is a very artsy movie so Hmm. be warned that it's like very opaque and it's very from her point of view it's hard to follow at the beginning and then you kind of get to understand what's going on but it's it's really weird but it's really well done the main actress is this teenage girl called Helena Howard and she's Amazing in the movie, she gives an amazing performance, and the movie is really great. I would recommend it to anyone who has the ability to watch it.
0: Cool. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember hearing about that. Uh, so great. Yeah, there's been a lot of really fun little indie mov- movies uh, that have come out. Uh, there were a lot of little surprises. I I think Searching is just coming out. That one's really good. I saw that at Sundance. Uh, I actually really enjoyed Teen Titans Go to the Movies. I thought it was hilarious. I laughed harder than I have, it, except for game night <laughs> in a new movie. Oh. I thought it was really funny, but that's just me. Um and uh yeah, that the biggest disappointment for me was the meg. I thought it was super lame. Uh, I didn't like it. So okay. that was the dud for me, even though it almost made the top 10. <laughs> I thought it was. Just boring. And I loved forty seven meters. I'm one of the few people who thought forty seven meters down was super mm. fun last year. So I love shark oh, movies. Interesting. I thought the Meg was bleh. yeah yeah. So oh well, what are you gonna do? So I, don't
1: know if I had a disappointment this season. Um I think most of what I saw I thought was pretty good. Or there was nothing that I was had high expectations for that didn't deliver. So I think it was a pretty good summer. At least for me, I you know again, mm-hmm. I didn't see all that was out there. A lot of movies that I skipped that I didn't think yeah. I was going to enjoy.
0: I was also disappointed with Tully, even though it was a great performance. I thought the ending was so disappointing. It was. It, I actually, um, I, I, my the 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 projector stopped working at a, like an hour, and I was like, "This is such a great movie. I love it." And then. Ugh, I don't know. I thought it was why did they make that choice? It was so disappointing to me. Um so that was a bummer for me because I was really excited because I love Jason reitman and uh you know their work together and Diablo Cody is like one of my all-time favorites, you know cuz I love Juno so much and so anyway, that was disappointing to me. Uh just cuz it gets mm. so much right and then uh, anyway so yeah it but overall it has been a pretty darn good summer I would say and uh, so uh, let us know in the comment section what you liked what you saw this uh, summer and uh, what you think of the box office and what things scored and what things didn't score and uh, how you think that will affect decision making coming up let us know uh, in the comment section or on Twitter Uh, it'll be a lot of fun so uh Grimada, where can people find you? Um,
1: you can find me mostly on Twitter at Coco Hit New York, or you can follow my blog, which, you know, it's kind of dormant at this point, but I do write on it every once in a while. And that is dot com. Okay, great. Uh
0: and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. And if you can put in your reviews on iTunes, it really helps. And put your thumbs up. Uh, on YouTube. If you're watching, if you're listening there, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks again. This is always so much fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Always oh, a pleasure. <laughs> um, we will talk again soon. Great. Bye.